0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Seals Pod here on our YouTube channel. My name is Teddy Jenner, and we're happy to be joined this week by the Greer brothers, Bill and Zach Gents. How the hell are you?
1: Doing well, Teddy. Hey Teddy.
0: This is uh I wonder like when was the last time you two saw each other? Because this is kind of a cool little reunion.
2: Oh man, Greerzo, how long? It's been way too long. I mean, um, you know, Bowers like, what, now, seven months, and we still haven't met my nephew. And, uh, yeah, we Zoom a ton in eh, grizzle but it's been a while, man. Yeah, getting on the
1: FaceTime, but in person, probably whatever whatever team we dusted in that last game of the year. The
0: Rochester
2: awesome. game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It so, was the last time I saw all of you guys was that
2: Rochester game. That's right. Crazy. That's uh, sad. That's crazy, man. I that's know, right? Time
0: just going back and looking at some of the videos that we've been posting and the highlights and the memories and just thinking back of that star wars game against rochester um what a crazy night it was but you mentioned it billy zach congratulations on uh, the birth of your son man
1: yeah thank you yeah it's weird to think that like you know it's been that long seven months almost you lose a lose a year but uh, yeah thank you everybody's uh, everybody's doing well uh, an awesome addition to the family diversifies the uh the two girls i got and uh you know, it makes it exciting for sure.
0: You're obviously pretty busy with diapers and bedtime ri- rituals and stuff like that. Your third kid, have you gotten it down to a bit of a science?
1: No, it's an absolute mess. Uh, <laughs> no, no question about it. Uh, the two others are, are five and three. And so they're, they're hands full on their own. And then he just throws another wrinkle into things. But uh, we're having fun with it.
0: You guys both grew up in Whitby, Ontario, which uh, for Seals fans is an incredibly prevalent lacrosse area in Canada I knew of the Whitby Warriors growing up very little what did you guys know about the the Whitby Warriors and the legacy that that was Whitby lacrosse Bill
2: oh man yeah it's uh you know obviously a big deal we were really fortunate growing up in Whitby and our our dad was a lacrosse player growing up so he got us going pretty young and um, you know I think back to some memories of dad with his his wooden stick and Zach and I thinking that he was just like the greatest lacrosse player that ever lived, like, cause he could do some stick tricks and stuff. So he got us hooked pretty quick. And then we were really lucky and fortunate to have great coaches and, and Whitby just being in such a good program. So growing up and, and winning uh, a lot of provincial championships and uh, the Brooklyn Redmen were, were a big deal too. So we would go all the time, Zach and I, and, uh, we'd watch the Redmond games and, you know, guys, guys, uh, scraps, like, bad scraps like all over the place (laughs) Uh, you know packed into a little barn there Luther Vipond arena and and uh, guys smoking and uh, outside uh, in between periods and it was just like the greatest experience so yeah we were we were lucky and uh and the Warriors were a big deal too so yeah we we watched a lot of lacrosse growing up what are your
0: memories Zach because as a young younger brother that must have been a a pretty cool thing
2: yeah
1: no doubt they're pretty similar honestly like uh, I remember being at Luther. and get to go out on the floor at uh at intermission every once in a while and stuff and yeah like just some legend players that we got to watch you know uh johnny fusco and you know the gate brothers came through there and, and remember watching johnny Tavares and accordingly playing for the chiefs and you know just some crazy robbery stuff and then uh you know billy mentioned a lot of stuff when we were younger with dad and and you know a lot of my memories are watching bill play growing up right because he's five years older and so you know, if I had a good nap that day, I'd get to go and <laughs> late and watch him play at night and uh, watching him play for, for the Warriors, you know, in junior with, you know, Jim Bishop as the coach and, yeah. you know, Gavin Proud and and Neil Maynard and AJ Shannon and, you know, all these guys that I idolized growing up and stuff. So it was, uh, it was a fun place to be a lacrosse player for sure.
0: My brother actually played a year with, with the Redmond, uh, his rookie year and was rookie of the year and stayed with the McMichaels and, um, had, had an incredible time out there. And then my first real memory of, of the Whitby guys was my rookie year at Mercyhurst, my freshman year at Mercyhurst. We had Prout, Sally, Aiken, Voituck. Um, all those guys were, were part of our program at first year. So it was a pretty cool experience to, to learn about the, the dedication and the Whitby robots and the, the real mentality. But you mentioned Jim Bishop. Obviously, you didn't get to play for him, but Billy, you did. What's the legacy of Jim Bishop
2: in Whitby? Oh, man, it's it's uh, that's a tough question is he's, you know, he's the one that we all strive to be. And then just a guy that won. Right. He won all those championships with the Gales and then with the Warriors. And, uh, you know, just getting to play for him in my rookie year and junior being a 16 year old and just, you know, so, uh, you know, guys joke about dropping passes and scared that what patty's gonna say like when jim bishop (laughs) got mad at you like watch out right and uh yeah so you know that that rookie i only played that rookie year for him um and uh just the way that he would be on you but at the same time he would have those one-on-one conversations and, and mentor you and always kind of be there for you and be in your corner and he was just amazing that way what he got out of his players so unfortunately he passed away tragically after that year in uh in 98 in the 99 uh we went on this incredible run and I think we only lost maybe two games that whole year and, and, and we won and obviously dedicated it to him and uh yeah it was tough being like a 16 year old and really looking up to him uh, I remember it having a big impact on me when he when he passed away but yeah I feel fortunate that I got to play for him
0: Zach did that tradition kind of still stay with the program throughout
1: the years I think it did. You know, we we had some coaches when I was there that uh, that that kind of, you know, uh, grew went up the ranks under him, right, and had coached with him as assistants and stuff like that. So uh, Bob Hanna's a long longtime staple in the the Whitby organization as well, who who I got to play for, and and certainly Jeff McComb as well, um, and those guys looked up to him, you know, as part of it too. So I think they carried that on uh, for sure, and and try to keep that tradition going and. We had some good teams. We went on a run. Uh, I think might be my third year, was it? And we lost in uh, Game Seven, the Ontario Finals, to Six Nations, but uh, couldn't couldn't piece it together. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the history for the Warriors Junior A program dates back, and even even guys that were young when I was there, you know, I think Mark Matthews and, and Sorketty and those types of guys who uh, were kind of coming up, and even them, they they kind of remember the the history of the years that Billy was there and and before him and that kind of crew and and the, you know, the tone and the, uh, the mindset that Jim Bishop had set for the program. So I think there's a long history there and and a lot of guys, whether they played for him or not, you know, certainly know the story and and know what he meant to the game.
0: As a a big family, you guys have three sisters, a part of your, your kind of mishmash family that you have, and you're all kind of together when you weren't playing lacrosse. Were there a lot of family road trips?
2: Oh man. Teddy, we were really, really fortunate as kids. We have uh, a cottage up in Muskoka, so um, and, and we have that. We've had that property for like a hundred years, and uh, and uh, our grandfather built uh, built a, a cottage there. So we were really, really lucky. So, but think about the dedication of you know parents and our our dad, our dad would literally take us up there eh, Grizzle for like the week, but then he would run each of us back back to Whitby. So we're two and a half hours up there. and a half hours back to practice so we didn't miss anything. So you would just so we could be up there and the dedication of that. So we spent a lot of time up there. And Zach and I just played a ton of mini sticks and lacrosse uh you know at home obviously but at the cottage too and a lot of really fond memories. And our sister was a goalie played for Team Canada as well. So um Grizzo and I would just pepper her. Like she got so, so tough, just, just soaking shots. Like I wouldn't, I know Zach for sure wouldn't get in there. I wouldn't either, but she, uh, she would just soak shots. She was, uh, a trooper. So yeah, we we're really lucky that way growing up.
0: It usually relies on the the younger brother to go in net, but you guys have the younger sister that, that was just, that's it. You're a net suck it up.
1: Yeah, we, we got lucky. I, I, at the time I, you know, I didn't really appreciate it, but, uh, There's no question. She made us better and and gave us an opportunity to, to take get more reps right on a meaningful goalie. And she played a ton of box growing up too. And, and absolutely, uh, just a champ in every sense of the word. So she, she took a beating there for a while. Once we got a little bit older and could, could throw the ball a little bit harder, but, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, a ton of great memories. And I think we, uh, we made each other better. It was, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool opportunity to, to, to grow up playing the sport at a high level, uh, with, with all my siblings
0: there are five years difference between you two, but what was it like having an older lacrosse brother, Zach?
1: I mean, it was awesome. I, I, you know, got to go watch him play and we got to spend a ton of time in the backyard and and Billy mentioned it, right. Our dad was a, was a fanatic, right. So we had our sticks in our hands anytime we were together, uh, you know, and and it just, I think again, it made us definitely made me better. Right. I don't know that it made Billy better at, at a young age, but uh as we started to get older and uh, you know, we could do it a little bit more competitively. It was just a, a blast. I, I, you know, wouldn't trade it for, for anything. And I, and you know, he's had such a massive impact on my career, both as a, as a player and as a, as a mentor and helped me grow up, you know, off the field as well. So it's been, um, it's been awesome. We, we got a really cool relationship and you mentioned it's sort of a, a mishmash family, but I think the fact that we you know, maybe we weren't together every day, but it was on weekends or, you know, maybe one night a week and stuff like that yeah. um, actually helped us build a stronger relationship because we weren't fighting and arguing and stuff like that. We were really cherishing the time that we got to spend together. What was
0: Zach like as a younger brother? Was he the annoying tag along was just always in your shadow? <laughs>
2: You know what it's I, I would love to say that that's what he was but I, I would agree with Zach 100% like because we did spend you know it was every other weekend every Tuesday night at grandma's we you know with the split family so when we did spend time together it was like it was the best right and I mean he was younger so like I remember you know, our backyard, we backed onto a ravine. My dad had, like, you know, the orange chicken coop fencing? We had that, like, 20 feet high. Like, the neighbors must have hated us. <laughs> and, uh, he, he built a couple nets, and Grizzly and I would just be ripping shots in the backyard, and they'd be go, balls going everywhere. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, it was, we were really lucky. Like, we had a basketball net that was, like, eight feet tall. Again, my dad built it out of, like, wood, and it was it was pretty you know it wasn't the best basketball net but we would just have battles <laughs> just battles and I could dunk and Zach would just get and that you know you would just get so bad I wouldn't take it easy on him. I think we're both so competitive so it would, it would often end in in some bitterness but uh probably not good for me from too much confidence and probably a good thing for you Greg so
1: <laughs> yeah I took a beating for a while there in a lot of sports but uh I don't know, maybe it toughened me up or taught me how to lose, I guess. Maybe I can yep. lose gracefully <laughs> now, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it evened out though. It even,
2: like, as we got older, it started yeah, to even. Right.
1: It usually yeah. works that way. It usually works yeah. that way. Um,
0: how long have you been, been, been Greerzo? Is it always been your nickname or was that something that kind of just grew naturally as you grew
1: up? No, it, it actually came from a hockey coach and I was playing junior hockey for the Oshawa Legionnaires. Um, uh, and I'm going to blank on his name, Marchment, Brian or Brad, one of the, one of the brothers. <laughs> um, but, uh, he gave it to me and, and, you know, I don't know whether, cause Billy was always Greer Z right. to all his buddies, mm. the guys he played with. And so it just ended up being a, a good, uh, a good twist on, on the typical Greerzy and, uh, and obviously, when you're growing up playing playing hockey and lacrosse, you, you overlap with some guys that play hockey and lacrosse on the same teams and stuff. So yeah, I think it just carried over from that. So probably, you know, it wasn't wasn't until about maybe 16 years old. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of stuck ever since. Billy, were you a hockey guy
2: too? I mean, yeah, I was. I played AAA, um, you know, all the way growing up and that. Um, but I didn't get drafted to the O, and that was kind of a good sign that you weren't going to – We weren't going to make it. I got, I got, you know, my claim to fame. I got to go to Oshawa generals camp when I was 16, you know, a gel camp. So, um, and then uh, yeah, not getting drafted, but yeah, we were a big hockey family too. And daddy, again, a lot of dad stories today, but uh, uh, mom was, moms were great as well. Amazing. Um, But dad, I spent a lot of time on the backyard rink. Right. So you know, we were we were very fortunate to play a lot of hockey in the backyard, and, and we both played pretty uh, really high-level hockey growing up. So it's just funny that way, right? Like I have my son Ryder and my daughter both play both hockey and lacrosse and how well they translate, uh, you know, winter-summer sports, but they translate well together. Who was your best friend
0: growing up, Billy?
2: My best friend growing up? Yeah. Oh, good question. Um, I had a really, really close group, uh, probably Mark Miller, Chris Haley. Um, I ended up not going down to the States to, uh, to university and went to university of Western Ontario in London. And I got the room with my best friend growing up, Chris Haley. Um, and then there was about five of us that were pretty much inseparable in high school. We ended up all going to Western and, and, uh, we won a KUFLA championship there. A lot of us all playing on that team. So that was, uh, that was pretty special.
0: Zach, obviously as a lacrosse guy growing up, you played with a lot of lacrosse guys as you grew up as a kid. Were your teammates your best friends or did you have best friends outside of your lacrosse group?
1: No, for the most part, it was, it was our teammates. Um, you know, uh, I just spending so much quality time together and think like every weekend on the road, we're, we're traveling and playing in tournaments and staying in hotels. And, uh, you know, we used to do actually a lot of camping. And so we used to, and I actually, uh, one of my good buddies growing up was Mike Haley, who's Chris's younger but- brother played on my lacrosse teams growing up. And, uh, and we go camping and, and together and stuff like that. So those guys are, you know, you, you got your buddies from school and stuff like that. But, but I, th- I just think the bond that you build as a teammate in the locker room and on the road and playing mini sticks between games and then you get older and, you know, start having a few beers and stuff like that. It's just like that bond is you just can't fabricate it, right? It, it's something that's built India and and it lasts forever. And, and those guys that I played junior know junior lacrosse with and and you know hockey and lacrosse growing up with are still still my best buddies today
0: you mentioned you went to western ontario billy was there ever a thought of going down south or was that just kind of the plan
2: you know what there was yeah and there was you know a lot of work kind of behind the scenes to try and make that happen it was a little different in 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 my time I i was good friends with uh aj shannon who you know? She kind of showed me the way, and then and then those guys in in uh, that you went to school with too, right? With uh, Paul Sally and Voitak and, and all those guys went to the states and Mercyhurst, and so it was definitely on my radar. Talked to a lot of schools and and just you know wasn't a full ride kind of thing, so it was it was a tough decision not going at the last minute, but it all worked out. I was drafted to the NOL as a I don't know 18, 19 year old I guess I started playing, and so a different different uh, route than what Zach took, right? So. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, no regrets and it, it worked out really well.
0: We're gonna talk think, about yeah. your draft year in a minute because I, I didn't realize this or maybe I have forgotten. You went two spots ahead of me in that draft.
2: I know isn't that hilarious? And yeah. I've seen
0: I knew that. Yeah <laughs> sure, yeah, you've got that written down in your book beside yeah. you. I went, my, my notes here. I went ahead of him in the draft. What a yeah.
1: joke. What a joke.
0: He had a better career than me, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> Zach, you went to Duke. How many offers did you have? And was Duke the number one choice for you?
1: Uh, so, yeah, kind of a t- tough question in terms of offers, I think. And I was going to mention about Billy's career, right? Like, that was before that was before Brody. And I really think, and, and Billy obviously being a kind of a two-way midfielder or even wearing, carrying a pole at times, nobody was looking for Canadian poles, right. you know, back in that time. Yeah. And so I think that made it tougher where – I was, I came in at a time where AJ had just had a pretty monster career at Virginia, right? And, and Gavin, you know, had, had gone to Loyola and done some stuff there too, right? And so people were kind of looking at, uh, you know, Canadians as goal scorers, right? And people who could, could play offense. And so I ended up playing in the the U19 World Games, which were in Baltimore in 2003 as, uh, I think it was probably 17 and um, ended up making the all-world team there, and so from that tournament on, it just really opened up the floodgates in terms of the interest. Um, and so I, I probably, and again, we we kind of needed a, a significant financial support to be able to make it work. And so that that you know, crossed some people off the list right there. But um, but I did take four official visits. Um, I had a pretty good options you know to select from from Ivies to ACC you know um Notre Dame at the time, but uh ended up really narrowed it down between Cornell and, and Duke and a little bit of a funny story, but um uh, I ended up going to Cornell and taking my official visits in my senior year, the fall of my senior year, which is like unheard of now, right? Kids are committing yeah. you know, long before that. But uh, November, we go to Cornell and it's just gray and miserable and snow and sleet and, you know, had a good time and great, great guys there. Sean Greenhall was there and um, David Mitchell was there who I played with on the U19 team at the time. Um, And then the very next weekend, I flew down to North Carolina and it's like 74 (laughs) and sunny and we go to the football game and there's a huge pool party after and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I think this is going to be a better fit for me. So that's kind of how it played out
0: that's that's the the college life you want to experience on your visit your recruiting trip. You don't want to go somewhere where you have to stay inside cuz it's raining or snowing. You want to go out, have some pops with the guys on the team, experience college life. That was the fun part of college. But being a student athlete, how dedicated were you two guys as student athletes?
2: Oh man, I know, you know, I I know, I, well first off, I get to go and visit zach down at Duke, so that was pretty sweet. And uh yeah. It's uh, especially that there's a a trip I'll never forget there, but, uh, and those guys, I mean, we we had, um, you know, I'm so proud of Zach. It was, it was was a tough go. Our our father passed away right when Zach first went down to Duke and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was going to be a really difficult time and a lot of teammates and, and uh, coaches and everybody just, uh, you know, really coach Bressler and everybody really bonded together. And I know Zach went through a lot there and for him to be, you know, uh, you know, the the academics the, that he has, he's an extremely smart kid. But I know for Zach and I know how proud we were as a, as a family that he was able to do so well in that situation. And uh, I know I, personally that's something I think he should be really proud of. But I know for, for myself, I was playing pro and and going. Like, we have some guys in the SEALs that are doing the same thing. So I was going to school at Western and then flying to Boston, usually to Columbus, right, back in those days, yeah. taking the tennis oh, yeah. bus to Columbus And, uh, or then I was in Arizona with the sting and, uh, so we were flying and the guys like, you know, Danny Dawson, I really close brother-in-laws now, and they're all living the dream. It was like Melrose place down there and I'm huffing it back to Western and, and studying on the flights. And, uh, so it was a grind. You had to be really, you know, committed, uh, to, to be able to do both, but obviously very fortunate to be able to do both.
0: Zach, it's got to feel pretty cool as a younger brother to hear your brother's so highly of you and, and the things that you went through during your college years.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's 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 it is really cool. I mean, it means a lot. And I think I had an unbelievable support system. You know, uh, the youngest of, of five, and, you know, on this side of the family, and the ability to look up to them and get support from them when I needed it. And and I mentioned it earlier, but Billy's been an, an unbelievable mentor for me. You know, from day one. Um, so going through that was, was definitely tough, but, but he didn't, he did mention it as well. You know, my teammates and, and their families, um, in that world that is, is the, you know, the college lacrosse world, that's kind of standard where people's parents are flying in, you know, every weekend, to every game and stuff like that. And so, you know, going out to dinner with them every, every night, I was never left at home. I was never by myself. Um, I had some older guys on the team really take me under their wing as well. And, and so that, that really helped get through it. And then, and then you mentioned coach Pressler, obviously uh, just a, a huge figure in my life coming out of that and, and acted as kind of a second father figure for me after, after our dad passed away. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I was really lucky with the the support system I had around me there and then back at home uh, helping me get through it. So I uh, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, you know, wouldn't have been possible without, you know, Billy and our sisters and, and everybody else that, that made it, uh, Made it, you know, feasible to get through it and, and be able to focus on school and and then you know on the field is kind of your outlet, right? So when I'm playing lacrosse, I'm not thinking about anything else, and and I think that helped as well. We had a lot of a lot of opportunity to get on the field and, and get reps in there. What was your favorite class at Duke? Um, there was probably a few. I took a uh, like a, a sports investment class, which was. Uh, which was interesting, kind of overlapping, you know, two of the focuses I had. And I actually ended up working for a sports investment company a few years, you know, after college. Um, I was a sociology major and there was a class about uh, sociology of of criminals and the criminal justice system and the mindset and and stuff like that. So that was really interesting. And I actually was taking that class in in 2006 when when we were were going through the whole, you know, kind of scandal scenario. Um, So that's an ironic, uh, you know, (laughs) kind of, part of the story, but, uh, you know, re- really quality people down there, obviously a great education and, and the curriculum was awesome. I had some really great professors and stuff. And then I took some obnoxious classes that I, I never should have been in that were way out of my, way out of my league that, uh, I may have, have transferred or, or, uh, switched out of after a couple of weeks, but, um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun.
0: When when you look back on the scandal and everything that happened, is is it surreal to have to think that a it happened and b you were a part of it all, and, and that there was like a thirty for thirty documentary done on it and everything that's that's happened with all that? Is it kind of surreal to think back on that moment?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is a little bit. I, I think the the what it, what's hard to communicate is that like how serious the situation was for us and more importantly the guys that were indicted and their families right and so now it's it's kind of like hey we got through it and it was obvious that it was fabricated and completely false and made up and you know people saw the 30 for 30 and that told a good part of the story there's stuff that that didn't didn't even tell right? right um you know but the reality is and and you know thankfully i still have a good relationship with a lot of those guys and text groups and chat groups and stuff like that so we've stayed in touch and, I, and those guys are doing well but you know, I, I don't know that there's ever I'm ever going to have the ability to communicate how, how serious it was, and how scary it was for for those guys. And we could never put ourselves in those those shoes. Right. And, you know, just just seeing their them and their parents and, and how stressful that that period of time was. And it dragged on for months and months and months. Um, you know, it, it's you know, it, it's yeah, it's crazy to think about it. But, um, you know, but. But thankfully, everything worked out the way it needed to. And, um, and hopefully there's lessons learned there for, for just the sports community, the media community in general, the people that ran with stories, you know, made judgments before the, the facts had come out and stuff like that. Hopefully there's been a little bit of a, a learning curve there and try to think of it in some light as a positive. Billy, when, when you're at home and,
0: and in the league as this is going on, I'm sure people were coming up to you and asking you questions. What's going on from an outsider's point of view? What was it like?
2: Oh buddy it was uh yeah it was, it was a crazy time it really was and you know Zach was actually really good we, we kept in in contact a lot during that time hey eh? Gerzo and, it, and just I mean at first the shock of what happened and then and then Zach filling us in that uh you know he was nowhere to be found but that didn't mean anything right he, he could have been could have been chosen and and all that so it was a really stressful scary time for for everybody actually and uh yeah, it was it was tough, and a lot of people asking questions and what do you know and and, uh, and you know you're kind of saying well nothing happened and all that kind of stuff right and uh, so and then you just felt for the for the guys and um, because like I said a lot of those families were just so good to, to Zach and, and to us and, and were really a support system for him so you just you just felt for everybody it was it was tough absolutely
0: let's go to some happier moments draft night um, it is a special moment for everybody. Um, when we got drafted back in 2001, we did it over the phone. Um, what do you remember about that draft and, and being selected by the Lion Sharks, Billy?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, good memories, but it did very different than, uh, yeah. than what it is today at the draft hey Teddy, it was crazy, but, um, it's funny. I got a, I got like a call or an email, like the night before it was in Buffalo, I think. And, uh, they said, Oh, do you want to come to the draft? Like your name has been brought up so many times, like, right. And, and it was like 12 hours notice. I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to go right now. Um, but yeah, we watched the internet and saw our names being called and, and uh, yeah, obviously really lucky for me to go to Columbus and um, be part of an expansion team. Um, and uh, just an awesome group of guys like, you know, you look at some of the names that were on that team. Uh, we had a ton of fun. We were all so young, um, you know, and a lot of time on the bus. So there was a lot of team bonding and, and some great stories. And, and uh, a lot of us still actually, uh, you know, keep in touch in that now. So, yeah, I feel really fortunate. How did
0: a, a nice guy like you become a D guy?
2: Ha! Huh. Good question. Smiling yeah. over there like, yeah. We, we should look up. We should. I should have had the stats of my stats, like my junior stats or, or earlier. I've got,
0: I've got them here, buddy. <laughs> I've got
2: them here. No, um, yeah, it's funny. I just was always more of a two-way guy, more of a D guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I had... I mean, some hands as a D guy, but, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I think back to teaching, I remember working with Zach on back ends and me just th- thinking I was so good, just trying to teach him in a back end. And then there came a time where he was doing stuff with a stick that I couldn't even come close to. And, uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, I taught him everything that he knows, but it's not true. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, when we get on the floor, things change junior points, that's not bad. That what it was. It doesn't sound as good as I thought, but that's, that's not bad. That's five years. It's a long time.
0: It was a long time. You almost Zach only had one hundred and eighty six. He almost got him.
2: Wow. We don't don't talk about games played then. Yeah, I would check the
1: points per game there, Teddy. Uh, let's
0: see. Uh, Ninety four <laughs> games played for Billy, and only sixty seven for Zach. So yeah, a little bit of a different points per game. Uh, Zach, you got drafted a few years later in 09 by Minnesota much different experience for you for on draft night
1: uh mine wasn't so hot uh honestly the draft was in buffalo and um in the year the couple years before they had brought guys in and guys went to the draft and whatever and for whatever reason you know and i was working, working with uh, rich furlong at the time just uh, just such a good guy and i think billy worked with him too and that's how we got in touch and he's like yeah and he's based in buffalo right so like, yeah, yeah come on down come on down so we drive down there and I'm the only guy that shows up to the draft. It's like no super way. awkward. I'm, I'm wearing a suit and there's not a single other player there. I'm like, Oh, Rich, uh, what's going on here? He's like, well, oh, I don't know. Everybody came last year. So it was, uh, it was a little bit awkward in that sense, but uh, you know, such a big night, right? Like I grew up watching the the heydays of the Toronto rock winning championships and Maple Leaf gardens and stuff. And so to get your name called and, you know, third overall, uh, it just, just such a cool experience. And you, you kind of feel, you know, uh, not, not fulfilled, but like, you, you know, you've gotten, you've reached, you know, that goal of, of getting drafted to the NLL. So, uh, it was, it was a little bit awkward and, uh, kind of funny to look back on it now, but uh, yeah, such a, such a cool night and something I'll never forget.
0: Do you remember the first time you played against your brother?
2: I don't know if I do. Billy does oh. apparently. I remember it was in Minnesota. I remember that. I don't remember what happened in the game or anything,
1: but if it was in Minnesota, I probably didn't do much. So that's maybe why I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, I, had a, I had a tough go there for a while. I remember joining Billy in my first game in Edmonton when we were on the same team and we, uh, yeah. we put some numbers up on
2: Minnesota. But yeah, I don't remember that first year much. Try to, try to forget yeah. from that you had like a six-goal game, one like right off the hop, didn't you? Or, or pretty close to it. My first game
1: after the trade from Mini to uh, to Edmonton, yeah, I scored five, and I scored the winner with like three seconds left or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, so let's I'm see, like, that's right. That's
1: right. I remember that one. I remember that one.
0: Uh, Minnesota Orlando, 2010. Uh, Orlando wins 12-11. Billy's got uh, two dimes. And Zach's got nothing across the board. So you shut him Damn.
2: down. There we go. Yeah, I, that's why I remember it. There we yeah. go.
0: <laughs> and that's how uh, I got traded. Yeah, right. That's why I got traded a few years later. Um, I remember going to games in Columbus when I was in Rochester and we would take a sleeper bus down and it would just be a wild party. But whenever we'd get to the arena, people always used to say that that arena was haunted. Do you, were those rumors true or was that just a ploy to scare us?
2: we heard the same thing though yeah I, I i remember hearing that as well but no i think that might have it was just i mean yeah i don't think it's true but we did hear the rumors as well that was it a was pretty a, cool arena though that it was, was like
0: the, the big the windows area. up top that let all that light in and
2: it was an awesome arena it was probably it would still be one of my favorite arenas in the league it's just it's a shame that it didn't uh, pan out but how many times did you know that how many times could we say that with the league, right? uh, but luckily obviously now we're, we're a much stable and more stable ownership, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great place to play. Loved it. Uh, you also
0: did Arizona and Anaheim, as you mentioned, those were a couple empty barns as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, couple empty barns, a couple of years in Arizona, I wasn't really empty there. It was bad. An- Anaheim too. It was, wasn't too bad, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that was I mean, like the I was,
0: third, second or third year for Anaheim, right?
2: Yeah, so I came in just the last, I got traded with like eight games left in that season, and then we yeah. we got uh, dispersed from there. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I folded a couple teams, folded, but I was on them. But I've yes, uh, so only been traded a couple times, but a lot of jerseys. Uh, I, I was there
0: Anaheim first year, we went one in 15. Uh, did Minnesota for a year and then I was in Edmonton for their first year and we also went one in 15 so those were some uh memorable (laughs) moments in very empty arenas I remember one game we were playing in Anaheim and my parents were in uh Palma Springs at the time so they made the drive down to watch a game and I could literally hear my mom's whistle specifically because there was so few people in the stands were you able to distinguish uh your mom or dad's voice during a game Zach?
1: Uh, not quite. No, I, I do remember uh, a couple MLL games actually up in, um, there was one in Rochester before that team moved where we're on the sidelines and there's, there's gotta be less than 40 people in the stands and you can literally hear the broadcasters up in the booth. No mic, you can hear them broadcasting the game right. from the sidelines. I'm like, Oh man, that was a tough look there, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, growing pains, and I think um, I think the, the sport in general is is uh, made a lot of improvements to that, and uh, the strategy that the guys have implemented now is is uh, definitely moving in the right direction. So, those hopefully those are uh, those are past past yeah. experiences that don't come back around. Exactly. Yeah. We
0: mentioned you know empty arenas and and fan bases that weren't really supportive. You when you were in Minnesota, and again, I was there too. That fan base was absolutely electric i loved playing inside the xl energy
1: yeah no doubt it was a good crowd i mean i, yeah. I think the they averaged you know eight or nine thousand mm-hmm. a game but there was games where there was a lot more than that in there and you know obviously a passionate hockey fan base up there another killer barn that's a great yeah. that's a great arena right great place to play great facilities for the the players and uh, right downtown there in st paul so yeah that was a bummer to see that move i know there was complications with. You know, the cost rent in that facility and stuff like that. But uh, it's too bad that, that that wasn't able to they weren't able to make that work. But uh, you never know. I think a few of those markets you guys mentioned, right, like even, you know, Anaheim and Arizona and certainly Minnesota for sure, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully are, are on the radar for the league. And because uh, I, I think, you know, a different time and place with a little bit of a different strategy, those are those are markets that could definitely work.
0: That's how I feel about Edmonton and the three of us have all experienced winters in Edmonton now. Um, but that, that fan base was, again, one that just kind of was into it, but not everybody was into it. But what did you guys remember about those days in Edmonton where, especially for you guys, you guys came in the Derek Keenan era and he started to really turn that organization around. How special was it to play for a Whitby guy like Derek Keenan? Obviously you would have played for him, you know, your minor lacrosse and stuff like that, but as a pro
2: yeah i can jump in i know I, I got lucky to play for jammer in in anaheim mm-hmm. um and then again um you know we got dispersed from orlando and uh remember talking to him before the draft and and really excited to get a chance to go and play for Derek. i, I think the world of him he's an amazing coach phenomenal coach in person and a whippy guy i mean he lived like from my mom you know not like a few streets over so um I, i'd known him really well but uh yeah we had you know, a really good team too. We didn't quite put it together that year, but that barn again, too, the the fan base was, was passionate grassroots lacrosse was, was really growing. Um, you know, it was, I understand the move to Saskatchewan has been just a tremendous success, but a, a team going back there would be, would be great too. And for us, I mean, the, for, for a chance to play pro together, um, You know, it was it was just something I'll never I wish it could have been longer. And, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for Derek. And I I ended up they ended up trading me back to Toronto with a young family. And I I was so grateful for that um, and play those my last five years close to home. But it was was pretty special playing with playing with Zach there for a year.
0: What do you remember about that that time you got to play together with your brother, Zach? Because I never got to play with Fred, but that had to been really cool.
1: No doubt, it, it was the best thing that ever happened in my my NLL career. I think there was a combination of factors that uh, that came into play there. Obviously, Jammer giving me a chance. You know, when my my confidence was at an all time low in in Minnesota, for him to kind of say, "Hey, come on! Like, I, I know what's in you. You know, just you, you got this. Play confident, shoot the ball, um, do your thing." Was was a big part of it. But you know, joining joining Billy at that same time when I was struggling and you know, couldn't figure it out. And Brody was there too, right. Another guy obviously had looked up to for a long time. And so um, getting to play with guys like that, who, who helped build my confidence back up and um, you know, and just, it, that was another one of those fulfillment moments, right. Where where Billy and I playing pro at the same time and just thinking about on the same team together, you know, thinking about our dad, you know, watching down on us and, and stuff like that. It just, just memory that I'll, I'll never forget. And, and one of the, the proudest and, and, you know, Uh, the fondest
2: memories that I've got playing the sport lacrosse one of the great yeah go ahead Billy. I gotta tell you you, like it's it's similar now being uh, I mean coaching and and Zach being on the team but there's just no other feeling when you're down at the D door and your brother's at the O door and he's scoring big goals you know and you're just like first off you're just so you just you know big goals are big goals and you're just so excited for the team but you're just like that's my brother like my (laughs) brother just did that you're just like i can't even can't even you know it's just something we'll never forget it, it was just i can picture it i can picture him you know shooting and, and burying ripping top corner goals and, and me going out the door for the face off just beaming like it, it's just good memories man uh,
0: other good memories um the 07 nll title game you score the game-winning goal Billy, for the nighthawks uh as they win a title in arizona but maybe seals fans don't know this So Rochester was the higher seed in the playoffs and would have had home floor advantage, but there was a circus in town and you guys couldn't play in your home arena. So you had to go to Arizona who was the lower seed and play in
2: their bar. We are, we are painting a picture of the NOL, aren't we today? But this is, uh, (laughs) this is, we're just great salesmen. No, but this is a, this is a great story, Teddy. Yeah. So we were, we we had struggled that season. We were one and two, and then we went on this run where we won like sixteen games in a row in Rochester. And you know, John Grant Jr. and Sean Williams and the Evans brothers, and and we just had like this stacked team and Patio O'Toole, Lynette, and Toller, Chappy, um, Chris Schiller. It was just it was a great great squad, and we went on this crazy run. And then uh, and Junior actually scored this amazing goal to win it against Buffalo in the semi. And then you're like, but we don't even get the host. We gotta. <laughs> circuses in town. So we had to play in, in Arizona and, and, uh, and that was pretty cool too, um, doing that. Cause that was my old team. And, and, uh, I mean, Dan Dawson being my brother-in-law at the time and playing against him and then went in and the party and we had the cup in the pool and it was a very different experience than doing it in Rochester. But yeah, one, I'll, I'll definitely never forget. And at that time, you feel like you're going to win more championships. I mean, I lost a couple, one, one to this guy. Um, we'll get there. but, uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an experience I'll never forget.
0: Um, th- th- those Nighthawk fans um, are something else. Naber, K Hawk, cruising like Gonzo. Like when I was there, they used to show up at, like six a.m. radio appearance that I had with donuts and coffee. Like they were true diehards. They'd bring us breakfast or garbage plates at three a.m. after a night out partying at the hotel. Like. The fans around the National Lacrosse League are second to none. And I think that's because as players, we have such a close relationship with them when we would do autograph signings. And, you know, back in our day, Billy, the postgame parties in the hotel where the fans and players would, would intermingle and have drinks together. But they really were true diehards of the Nighthawks and of the Lacrosse League in general.
2: Yeah, honestly, I have I can I have still memories, and I actually still keep in contact with some of those. You know, those Nighthawk fans, and on social media, right? They'll they'll reach out here and there, and reach out back, and it's almost like a friendship that you develop because you would talk to them pre game, post game, and they would talk about the team and this and that, and they just were so into it. So I was so grateful to, to see that the Nighthawks, you know, stayed stayed in Rochester, and and the team was uh, I mean a new team was there for those fans because that's just an amazing fan base. So. And it's, it's something I think that we're very fortunate in this league, right? We, we, mm-hmm. as, as players, we, you know, it's different than in other professional sports. There's no sport like it. You, you really, even in San Diego, you see what we do with the autograph signings after the games and, and then the accessibility to the players is, is second to none. So, uh, yeah, yeah, some fond memories of some great people in Rochester. Exactly.
0: Zach, the Saskatchewan fans when you were there, um, and even still to this date, are second to none. Were you a little skeptical, like many of us, uh, of how the NLO would work
1: in Saskatchewan? Oh, incredibly skeptical. Like, where are we going? Right? You know, what's going on down there? <laughs> Up there, I guess, right? And uh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect at all, right? And uh, no, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. People are going to be excited. And I do think that somebody was kind of like, hey, you guys, guys, there's nothing going on there. You guys are going to be rock stars. And we're like, oh, you know, okay. You get there, and it was like, that place was packed and people were there, you know, for first warm-up. I, I remember, you know, you're out there shooting around in these type of shirts, no helmets. And there's people walking down the stairs, double fisting, you know, beers oh, yeah. and you're like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. And they just rock and they, you know, stand up and the, you know, team did a good job, right. From, from game day operations and the production of it all uh, getting some buy-in and, and, and all that type of thing. It helped that we were really good and coming off of a championship, right. To at least, get people in the doors initially um but uh but you know that's only half the battle you got to keep them there they've done a really good job of that as well so same thing super super passionate great support you know you see green green jerseys all over the place and uh yeah it was it was really really fun to be able to be a part of that first year and then to win it in that building the way we did you know with cornwall scoring that goal at the end of the game and stuff uh that's a that's 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 a pretty cool experience for sure Uh, The year before,
0: I kind of jumped ahead, but the year before, you two face off against each other in the NLL title game, Edmonton versus Toronto. Uh, There's an incredible picture, Billy, it's your Twitter profile picture uh, of you two hugging after the game. What was it like battling against each other during that game when everything was on the line?
2: Oh man, I, you know, for me, I knew my career was, you know, I didn't have many years left. So that that was um, that was another really special year. Terry Sanderson, who was, uh, you know, a, a big mentor of mine and somebody I just admired so so greatly, and and we had lost Terry, and and that year again, we we just was like a magical season in Toronto. We just uh, we just kind of put everything together and. And uh, you know those best two to three games, and we just didn't have our best night that first night, so we knew we were we were in trouble. Then going going to Edmonton and and uh, having to play them in their own barn and, and win that one. So, but I, I remember like our family. They're like, "Well, you've already won one, Billy. You know, you won <laughs> one. Zach should get this one." I'm like, "Yeah, like he he might win like three more. Like I need this one. They're like I don't have any." left so i remember my family like basically cheering for zach because he's like well he has to have one too so um but i remember like this is like etched in my mind i remember being in that in that game being uh you know probably like a minute or two left and i had nothing like i was gassed it was like a long shift and i was literally had nothing and he got the ball off a loose ball and it was just one-on-one basically on a, on a kind of like a, a mixed up play And I remember thinking, I've never had such desperation in my life as a player. I was like, he cannot get by me and score this goal. Like, I remember just throwing my whole, every ounce of weight I had at him to to keep him. And thank God he didn't score on that. But I was like, if he scores with a minute left to, like, go up by two, like, that's it. I'll never, I'll never live this down. So, yeah, good. It was, I mean, I'm happy for him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you remember about that night, Zach? Because yeah. the younger brother, you finally get one over on the older brother.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's payback for all the beatings I took right. for the first, you know 15 years of my life. Uh, I mean he's still he's still you know showing off, putting up uh, videos of, of you know kids dunking on their younger brother on Twitter last week. Yeah, so, saw that. Yeah, people don't forget, Billy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, it was um, it was special. But I mean that was honestly the the definition of bittersweet, right? Like I just I remember that you know, I remember the hug in the, in the handshake line and just, you know, I, I don't know, just, you know, how valuable he was for my career and is for my career. And then, you know, after the game too, I think we connected kind of underneath for a few minutes, um, you know, kind of got some one-on-one time there and just, you know, it, it's tough. It, it was, um, it was obviously super exciting to win. And, and, you know, uh, we had been close a couple of years before that we lost in the finals to Rochester there and stuff. So to, to get it was unbelievable, but, um, you know certainly didn't want to see didn't want to see Billy lose in, in and you know he, he, I know he was emotionally you know exhausted and, and upset about that one as he mentioned close to the end of his career and stuff so tough one tough one to see see him go down like that but um, but yeah obviously a, a big one for us there and I actually remember that play you mentioned uh, coming I, I visually can can you know can picture it now to this day And uh, I think I actually threw an around the world shot as I was kind of like falling to the ground and I got to the bench and Jared Davis looked at me and he's like, What the you know, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, Yeah, you know, go big, right? You
2: know. uh, (laughs) Go big
0: with two minutes left. Yeah, the championship game.
2: We never talked I don't think we've ever talked about that, but that's that's funny that we both remember that. Yeah, I remember that exactly. Uh, brother,
0: brother memories will do that. Uh, the next year, you mentioned in Saskatchewan, you guys win that championship against Buffalo. Um, the dramatic goal by Jeff Cornwall and the dying seconds of the game. Uh, the place goes absolutely bananas. Have you ever been in an environment like that before?
1: No, that was unbelievable. That was, uh, yeah, I mean, that. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. The, the moments you remember of like, hey, pinnacle moments in your career, Final fours at Duke, right? And when we played in two thousand seven, there was fifty thousand people, you know, in Baltimore. So that's one, you know, different environment. Mm. Um, the World Championship in twenty fourteen for Team Canada when we won that in Denver, and then that game in, uh, you know, in in uh, in Saskatchewan with the, that place rocking was just uh, just unbelievable. You know, it was a weird game too. I, I you know, I think back and forth and uh and there's some weird goals that went in on Cosmo and stuff and and so to so you win that one in that barn with all those people there um you know first year in Saskatchewan and stuff that was a never forget moment. Billy
0: do you think he remembers when he got punched and took a ball to the face on the exact same shift?
2: <laughs> oh man I tell you you and I were probably when you saw that I mean we all uh like my first reaction was I laughed because I was like oh geez but that's <laughs> that's awful like that's my brother and then I remember like being a little bit concerned obviously for a concussion I remember uh, calling him I think it was right after the game eh, Zach or it might have been next morning to see if you're okay and and uh and he was so mad you were just like I just what are the chances that that happens but yeah that poor guy goes viral like everybody saw that like people even like my students i'm a teacher and my students will be like oh yeah your brother's the guy that got hit in the face with the ball like and you're like yeah my brother's done a lot of things but <laughs> yeah right that's, it, that's what like, you the
0: other things you should have gone viral for but that's <laughs> yeah. the thing you go viral for but did you ever think you would go viral for something
1: oh man uh, no no and it was bad timing too because i was uh I was working in kind of like a sales role at the time, and so I went to I went to New York, and we were going around to a bunch of agencies, and you know, talking to brands and sponsorship and advertising and stuff. And I'm literally in meetings, and we were partnering with Bleacher Report at the time, and they had run it like that week. Everybody picked it up, right? Yeah. And uh, and like the guys I'm with, with with Bleacher Report, every meeting we go into, they're like, "Yo, have you seen this? This is the, guy. This is the guy. It was. Yeah, it was bad, but uh, I don't know. I guess any PR is good PR, right? But right. Uh, yeah, that was it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. Oh, yeah. I was actually livid, um, you know, that uh, that the NLL posted it like three minutes right. after the game or something. I'm like, come on, dude, like give me a break here. And I remember on the bench, because I, I went to the bench first and, and Macomb is like screaming at me. He's like, Greer, you got to go serve the penalty. And I'm like, I can't feel my face right now. Like, give me a minute, get some ice or something. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time
2: right. for a few days after.
0: What was the video game? That, Go ahead, Billy.
2: He also had that viral video. Was it was it Todd LeBranch or who? Like in the penalty box there, too, yeah. where you had to sit and think about what you had done. Yeah, you've had a couple of bad-
0: Colorado, games. I remember that game.
2: These two were clearly having issues with each other, could not restrain them to, themselves.
0: So we're going to give them two minutes to think about what they've done. Todd LeBranch going off-strip. <laughs> I'm not sure even how they're going to write that
2: down. But that could be one of the greatest penalty calls I've ever
0: heard. Todd, yeah. the branch.
2: These You had a couple guys of bad guys. These guys
0: are uh, not, not really liking each other. We'll give them two minutes to figure it out. I remember yeah. Todd, the branch, saying to me, because I asked him after the game, I said, what was that all about? He goes, I knew the commissioner was in the building, and I knew it was going to be a big game on TV. I just thought I'd give the fans something. <laughs> all right. You know, He's done that a couple times now, too. I went
1: off on Todd actually a little bit after that. Like, okay, buddy, we know who it's about, right? It's your show. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then he, he ended up apologizing. We got a pretty good relationship, obviously, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that one I wasn't happy about. That one at the time after I just <laughs> that too. But, uh, uh, well,
0: I remember going to the locker room after the game, and everybody in the mammoth room was livid at him because of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, a JV move, in my opinion, but yeah, uh, I got you. you know.
0: What was the video game that uh, caused the most battles between you guys growing up?
1: Oh man, the That's only
0: good-
1: yeah, the only game I remember really well back in the day. Do you remember this? We played uh, Super Spike V Ball on like the regular Nintendo. Do you remember that game? Nintendo sixty
2: four, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yes, dude. It
1: was like that old was- school, and then um, and then we had NHL ninety three was was a big one and yeah. uh and that's the year the Habs were really good right and so I think you know I became a Habs fan because of Billy and, and our dad and stuff but uh, I remember those two specifically randomly that I knew that off the top of my head but
2: those would probably be the two that I'd, I'd throw out there too Teddy there's yeah. a good a lot of hours logged on those two games uh, yeah. do you
0: guys still play video games online with each other or at all or did kids take up your lives
2: Pretty much. You know what? Our fans, um, you know, been pretty good through this pandemic, uh, you know, and uh, you know, getting together and ha- having some Fridays some playing cards and, 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 uh, and, and keeping pretty good in, in touch with the uh, FaceTime and stuff. So our sister lives in upstate New York too. So none of us are really close. So it's uh, it's all virtual, but it's, it's been good. Uh, I want to ask
0: you guys one more thing or a couple more things before we get out of here. Um, the 09 man cup. And for, uh san diego seals fans the man cup is the canadian senior men's national lacrosse championship it's one of the oldest trophies in all of lacrosse and um as a member of the brampton excelsiors billy you're out in new west it's one of the most epic seven game series i've ever witnessed i had a, a, an amazing opportunity to be on the broadcast court with jake elliott uh game one there's a bench clearing brawl all hell breaks loose uh the series goes seven games you guys win every game in overtime but in game seven, you're down a goal with 30 seconds left, and you guys pulled off a miracle.
2: Oh, bye. talk about good memories. And, yeah, that, that series was unlike anything I'll ever be a part of. And Patty, Merrill and I were, were roommates there uh, for those 10 days, which Patty says, like, aged us 10 years. Like, the ups and downs, winning a game, losing a game, you know, just – it's just like – nothing like you could ever describe, but um, yeah, that, that, that final game seven and and being down and um, Brody Merrill, obviously Mike Carnegie, they they get the double team on the boards with Ilya Geich and the ball comes right to me. And, you know, there's like 12 seconds left. And I'm like, you know, just be calm and gave it to Carnegie. And he just ripped it top corner with like, I don't know, there's just a few seconds left and descended to overtime. And, the, the, remember skipping down the floor and, and the crowd, like we saw the players in their jerseys, the guys yeah, from yeah, New York. They were getting West. ready to like, celebrate. Just assumed it was over. And, uh, oh man, you just can't beat that. That's, it, it's hard to pick a, you know, a career highlight moment, but that's, that's definitely going to be one of them for me.
0: Were you at that, Zach, or would
1: you, were, were you watching it online or were you at school? You know what? I was in, uh, I was on a, on a beach in Bermuda at a, at a bar and, uh, <laughs> I only remember it because that that brawl made um, you know made national news. Everything. That was that year, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that made you know I was in Bermuda literally, and it came up on the uh, on the TV at the bar, and I was there for a lacrosse tournament actually. But uh, and everyone's like, oh yeah, and I'm like, whoa, that's this that's my brother's out there. He's playing in that game, <laughs> um, and so I think uh, I think I did probably watch that online, but uh, I, I don't know how much how closely I was paying attention at that time. But, uh, but yeah, for sure. That's that, that was a, an epic all time series and one that, that'll never be replicated, you know, based on all the stuff that went down. Yeah. And, and then two years later, you guys are teammates
0: on the Excel series you win the, the man cup again um, with everything that you guys have been through, you know, against each other, playing with each other in Edmonton for, for a handful of games. Um, and to get this moment um, to, to be on the floor together with your brother, how special was that Zach?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the one, right. I mentioned, you know, two or three or, or four other kind of highlights of my career. That's the one I will, you know, I will never forget the greatest, you know, lacrosse moment of my life. It, that year changed my life. It, it literally changed my life going from, you know, a couple of tough years in Minnesota and, uh, and just struggling and low confidence. And, uh, and getting on that team, and, and uh, there's a funny story. That I, don't, I don't know how much time we have, but uh our yeah, first game of that year, we had, um, we had, you know, a bunch of guys had left and decided not to play, right? And, you know, Shooter and Brody and Patty, and, you know, uh, you know a bunch of guys decided not to keep playing, and, and, you know, and so we were this, like, mishmash bunch of dudes, and I get on the bus, they pick me up in Whitby to go play in Peterborough, and I knew, like, two guys on the bus. And I, you know, I'm talking to, I think Johnny McClure and Dylan Evans was there. And I'm kind of like, looking around, I'm like, who are these guys? And they're like, you know, we have no idea. <laughs> and so we go down to Peterborough and we get absolutely hammered, like 17 to two. And, uh, you know, Steinhouse is playing catch off the glass with himself in the third period, just rubbing it in. And then something happens where I think I like got pushed into the crease or something. And Laverty jumps on me and rips my helmet off and just feeds me punches for like, 30 seconds and I get back on the bus at the end of the game and I look at the coaching staff and I'm like it's Hazer and uh and T, and I'm like, I'm I just kind of like look at them and they're like, Promise, it's not gonna be like this all year. It's not gonna be like this all year. And uh and just gradually we just kind of got better and we got some guys back. And obviously Billy gets in the lineup and Doss and you know, things start coming around and uh and we went on an unexpected run there, beat Peterborough in the playoffs there, which was obviously nice redemption and a little bit of payback. And then, uh, yeah, just to win that with Billy and, and, you know, that that was a, you know, a hug on the floor of the opposite, complete opposite end of the spectrum of the one that we had, you know, a, a couple of years later. But uh, just an unbelievable moment. And, and, you know, to win that and to, to be on the same floor as him doing it was just, uh, yeah, something I'll never forget. Certainly the highlight of my career. Was that the year you guys had Joey Walters on your team? Yeah, he yes. did. Yeah, it was. It was me, Joey, and uh, Frankie Resiteritz on the left yes. side, and then um, yeah, Doss, Jarrett Davis, uh, Johnny McClure, uh, Joey Res was on the on the right side, and yeah, a bunch of guys that. Uh, nobody expected and nobody, nobody wanted at that point in time. Um, you so guys yeah.
0: lost like, the, I think you guys lost the first game to Langley in the man cause cause wasn't there. Cause he was teaching and there was all the talk. The cause wasn't going to be even able to come out cause he was going to be teaching. And then all of a sudden he shows up and you guys just swept them after that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember we had my sister's wedding, Callie's wedding and, and I remember Zach and I sitting there one day, just talking and we were like, it was just as the playoffs were starting. And we we're like, we could actually maybe win this thing. Like I did, like it, just kind of clued in. We're like, we're actually pretty good. And yeah, that was an amazing moment. I, I was on that flight with Cause. We got the game two because I was teaching too. We got to, I mean, not that it was me. It was uh, Cause and I think DOS too might have been there. And uh, and uh, the three of us came for game two, and we won. Ended up sweeping those four games. Cause was just so good in those nets and in the summers. But uh, the best yeah. cheating
0: goaltender of all time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, hey I there. don't know.
0: Summer it. ball. Hey, hey, it's all good. It's, that's, I think he would agree with that.
1: <laughs> what do you got there? Got this bad boy framed. Man, what a feeling. That's the oh, uh, the post celebration right there.
0: That's sick. That's nice. awesome. That is a keepsake. Those are just one of the many keepsakes on that wall, Zach. There's a lot of stuff up there.
1: Yeah, it's kind of – I usually blur out my background because it's kind of <laughs> lame having, you know – trophies of myself on the wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> Humble brag. eh, bud. Humble <laughs> need, brag. Some, need somewhere to put it, I guess. Uh,
0: all right. Two more questions uh, before we get out of here. Zach, let's start with you. How much of an impact did Billy have on, on you going to San Diego? Obviously you came over in a trade, but at the time you weren't sure if you're going to be playing or not. You had stepped away from the game for a year. When you get that call and you're traded, how much of, of Billy being there was a deciding factor to come out of re- the quote unquote retirement.
1: Yeah. I, um, I don't want to discount the the rest of the organization and certainly Patty and, but it was, it was almost all of the decision was, was based on Billy being there. Um, I was, it was, it was a weird situation, right? I was mentally exhausted. We, we had just had our second kid and, um, and that second year in Colorado was a really tough one. And I, I could never, never really get bought in and and just mentally didn't feel there. Things weren't going well at work either. And so just, you know, I was done. I, I was literally, you know, done and didn't think I was ever going to play again. And, and, um, and then it just kind of, you know, chip away, kind of just, you know, I don't know, I don't know, you know, and, you know, and, and Billy was actually really good about it. He didn't put any pressure on me. And, um, you know, obviously, I think he was excited about the prospect of it, of it happening. But um, it wasn't really until last minute. And even when the trade happened at that point, I had still. I still kind of said no, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, it's probably a question for, for Patty Merrill and those guys, but uh, I, I hadn't even committed to play at that point. And mm-hmm. so um, it was a little while after that. And then we started talking about it. Once the trade had actually happened, we, al- we were allowed to have a little bit more dialogue on it and, you know, try to figure it out and ended up working. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, you know, there's no way I was coming back and I was going to play uh, for anybody else other than if it was with Billy. So he, he was really the deciding factor there.
0: And Billy, at the time you were coaching with Patty with the Six Nations Arrows, the junior club. Um, But when he reached out to you to join him in San Diego and shooter and that coaching staff, uh, did you take longer than 30 seconds?
2: (laughs) Oh man. I remember I was actually sitting basically where I am right now. I remember, remember him calling and just being, you know, I was so happy for Patty when he, when he got the job and I knew he was just, Patty's just such a winner and Mm -hmm. and uh I knew he was gonna kill it. And I didn't really clue in that I would be potentially gonna join him. Um so when he when he asked, obviously I was over the moon and and uh and then you know and shooter being involved and uh those two guys that just you know, I I love them as as friends and brothers and they're they're just really, really good people and we have been teammates for a long time and Patty and I have been roomed room together for many years of our careers and we were very close. And then we coached in six nations, winning two mental cups. So, uh, and we just have a good, a good rapport. We, we, the three of us just gel really, really well. Two of the most competitive people you will ever meet in your life. Um, but at the same time, they just, they, they, they get, they get how the dynamic works and we just work really well together. So it didn't take long. I, I, I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm in, here in Ontario. And I was like, I'm going to make this work, buddy. Yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> but I will fly across the country and make this work. And I actually took a leave of absence from teaching my first year in, in San Diego. And I worked uh, as the junior school principal and the vice principal at the Hill Academy um, that we all kind of plan out so I could, I could fly a little bit earlier and take a little bit more time and focus on the seals too. So, uh, you know, both life experiences that you know, taking a plunge with Patty like that is, is something I'm so grateful for. Uh,
0: gentlemen, this has been a fantastic chat. Uh, hopefully we can get to December 3rd and we can all get into Pechanga Arena and, and share some good memories in the sunshine and with the San Diego Seals fans, but um, stay safe. I know the pandemic has been keeping us uh, apart, but hopefully we'll see each other soon. Appreciate this, guys.
1: Thanks, Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, same, Teddy. Really appreciate it, buddy. Good catching up.